What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, so I had a different show planned than I had today, but uh, I definitely want to still do the show I had intended, uh, although sooner than later, I just don't have it ready for you this week. So as luck would have it, I woke up the other day and, you know, looked at my little Facebook memories. I don't know if you all do that or not. I'm sure some of you do. But, uh, you know, I was just like, hey, that's a good show idea that I already did. <laughs> so I realize it's been exactly a year since I did an Ask Me Anything episode. I barely have any recollection of doing that because things were a lot different a year ago. I think that might have been the last episode I did before I uh, had my little health issue there. But, uh yeah, since I don't have a big memory of doing it, and since I had so much fun doing it last time, I figured I would do it again, and I just put it out there, you know, all it takes is a post, hey, ask me anything, I'll make it part of the next show. So that's what we're doing here today, I will answer the questions, uh, you know, after a brief explanation or a brief answer, I'll also, you know, tie it into a song or a band or something like that, so away we go, why waste time? First question from longtime supporter of the show, friend of the show, Andrew Jacobs. He starts off, uh, first of all, thank you for your integrity. I guess my question would be, how have you managed to maintain your integrity when so many of your fellow podcasters have abandoned theirs to the dregs of humanity? I know what he's talking about, but I'm not going to get into it, uh, you know, at, at the risk of hitting inside baseball here. But uh, what I will say is any issues that I have had with, you know, friends of mine that are also podcasters that associate with people that I have a problem with or just have a problem with me for some reason, uh, I've always had healthy dialogue with them. I feel that that's the best way to go about it, whether I agree with their association or not. Uh, I don't live their life and they don't live mine. I could tell you for sure that I definitely don't support toxic dialogue from either side, but, uh, you know, it, it really is a case when it comes to things like internet wars and all these kind of things, two wrongs really don't make a right. Uh, as it concerns the dregs of humanity, I, I try as hard as I can. I really try to do the Freddy Krueger thing where if I just ignore it, maybe it'll go away. But I do have my say and I stick to my guns in a sense. Uh, so yeah, if you don't hear me on certain shows or... Uh, being a part of certain shows that might feature some people that I have a personal problem with, uh, you know, whether they want to admit that it's a personal problem or 
they're just doing a bit, which is stupid because we're not in that day and age anymore. This isn't the 90s. Uh, so, uh, you know, I just won't associate with those people. And if it's direct friends of mine that do associate with them, then like I said, I talk about it with them. And, uh, you know, that's what healthy debate is all about. So to tie that into a song, I was like, oh man, I mean, I had a few ideas. I was thinking of doing Stick to Your Guns by Motley, but I'm going to go with this one ultimately. I've always considered this to be my theme song and a very inspirational piece right here. And, uh, you know, a song that reminds me to kind of keep swinging and keep fighting, but also don't lose sight of who you are. So here you go, kicking off the show with the great Twisted Sister. And they say it all here with I Am, I Am Me.
kicking off the show here today in fine fashion from one of the greatest sophomore albums of all time, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. That was the mighty, iconic Twisted Sister, and that was I Am, I'm Me. I'm a lifelong SMF and will be till the day I die. And I gotta say, on a personal note and uh, on another soapbox moment right here, it's great to see D. Snyder out there. He's been really great socially over the last couple of years, especially online, you know, trolling against the horrible people of the world and doubling down on it for sure. Uh, he definitely got trashed by a lot of so-called fans uh, on his social media when he took an active stance against assault weapons the other day, you know, especially in light of everything that's been going on the last few years. And, you know, how many times do we have to go through this before people realize that assault weapons are not the way to go? We're not trying to take away your fucking Glocks. We're trying to take away your fucking ARs. So chill. Let the big boys and girls make some evolved thoughts to make us a better society. Okay, let's get back to stroking my ego for Ask Me Anything. Volume 2, or Volume 3. I think I did two parts of these last time. Oh my god. I'll figure it out. I'll have it properly titled for the show. This is either Volume 2 or Volume 3. So I might be uh, chicken-footing it or, uh, you know, traveling Wilburys and get... Traveling Wilburys in it? Wow, there's... Okay. I swear I'm okay. I'm not going back to the hospital. All right. So uh, I'm going to tie in three different questions of the same song here because, uh, first of all, it makes me feel especially witty when I can pull this off. Secondly, thankfully, I had more than 10 questions asked of me. Now, I did have some extra questions asked by the same person, but I still had more than 10 individuals ask me a question, which is nice because I always am in fear that I will get less than 10 questions asked. Uh, because I realize that my show is not super duper popular. But thank you to the few in the proud that did ask me a question. And so I had a, a question here from listener and friend Mike Jones. Not the rapper, thankfully. Although if he was, I'd have his number. Uh, that Wow, okay. So he asked me, how is Nola? Now, it's not my place to ask Nola how she's doing. And unfortunately, she's at work right now, so she can't actually answer the question directly on the show. I'm sorry about that, Mike. And I don't like to speak for her, but I can say in general, she is doing well. Uh, you know, between myself and our kittens, uh, we do what we can for her when she is at home. And uh, we're giving her a nice, loving environment. And she seems to be good. We have pretty open dialogue, so that's what I can tell you. Last I asked, she's doing pretty good. Also tying in to the great Sir Chris Riley over there on the other side of the pond in England. A frontline worker, uh, good friend here, and uh, Chris just uh, basically asks, how are you? And I'm like, I'm doing pretty well, actually, Chris. Uh, so I'm going to uh, hang on to that thought, hold that thought. And then also Laura Nade asked me, why isn't Cheap Trick more popular? Uh, so I'm taking all three of those questions and I'm kind of tying it into the same song here. So to answer Laura's direct question, uh, so, and thank you, uh, everybody, for your questions, Mike, Chris, and Laura. Uh, the cheap trick question, uh, she asked, why aren't they more popular? I, you know, I have my theories. Uh, they probably just didn't have, like, that certain management that took them to the next level where they should be. You know, and it's weird because this is a band that, you know, predominantly kept its core lineup intact for a long, 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 long time. And they still have a lot of their core members, unlike a lot of other bands. There's bands like Foreigner and Journey that do not, but seem to be on a higher plane. I think it's more so just the overt radio play of those bands and those songs 
because you only hear like the same two cheap trick songs or two or three of them on the radio at all times. So it doesn't seem like to the layman that they have a big, vast catalog of great songs, even though they do. And they have better songs than those bands, in my opinion. Uh, on the other side of the coin, they are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which means something to some people. And th th by doing that, they garner a higher wage uh, when they perform live. So that's good for them. I'm sure they're not complaining about their career choices and their career in general. But yes, they, they should be considered one of the greatest bands of all time, for sure. I always like to say that after the breakup of the Beatles, they kind of split off into three different entities that became the spirit of three different bands of the 70s. And that was Electric Light Orchestra, Kiss, and Cheap Trick. They all got different elements of the Beatles, and they carried on that tradition. Yeah, deep thoughts. Okay, that's my theory. Hope that answered your question, probably more so. And to answer all of those questions in song, I'm going to play you a song here by Cheap Trick from their awesome third full-length studio record called Heaven Tonight. And going a little bit deeper on Chris Riley's question, this is Cheap Trick with How Are You?
What city, please? In Detroit. What listing? How are you? I'm fine, sir. How are you? Oh, oh no, no. The name is Howard. You first H U G H. First name Howard. I'm sorry, sir. I thought you were saying how are you. Oh, well, well, how are you? All right. Yes. Thank you. As I was listening to that cheap trick song there, that bit immediately entered my mind. So I had to play that little drop for you right there. Hope you enjoyed that. That was taken from Jonathan Katz's Hey, We're Back podcast. I wish that was still active, uh, but it, it had a good amount of episodes. So if you could find it out there in the nether regions of the internet, Hey, We're Back is the name of the show. And that's Jonathan Katz, great comedian, uh, my Bob Newhart. Uh, definitely better at the dry humor than him, in my opinion. And uh, from the great Dr. Katz professional therapist show from back in the day. All right. So, yeah, hope you enjoyed that little cheap trick song right there. I know I did. And the next question comes from Sean McFall, another guy from over there in the UK. And I like seeing Sean out there and hope you're well, sir. He asked me, is there an artist album or song that you and Nola disagree on? And my answer is, I'm sure all married couples have this. Anybody that's into music, and if you're also married, there's going to be some conflicting opinions. Uh, you know, we're pretty good about not whipping each other's ass with the stuff that we like that we know the other doesn't. Uh, you know, when it comes to being in the car or at home or what have you. And I really am of the opinion it makes you kind of appreciate those acts that you can kind of have as your own, in a sense. Like, it just, you know, it takes on a different meaning. Uh, so, you know, it's good. It's a good and bad thing. Uh, but, you know, I choose to try to see the positive side of it. And so I kind of went with a pretty easy one. Like, you know, there's there's things that I know for sure that Nola doesn't like. Uh, and if, for instance, I know she's not like a big Johnny Cash fan, like at all. And I like a good amount of his stuff. Uh, things like that, you know, generally the heavier, heavier metal that doesn't have a lot of like, you know, catchy structure to it. And I'm not really a big fan of that uh, in a lot of sense, but the mathier, proggier stuff, for sure. Uh, she's not a fan of that. Uh, so I figured I'd go with this one right here because I, I did want to include this song because it kind of checks off two boxes of things that she's not a big fan of. So, sweetie, if you're actually listening, you can fast forward like past the next nine minutes here. Yeah, it's a long song, too. So I'm going to play a song by Primus, and it's a long song by Primus. It, it clocks in at almost nine minutes, and it's a little jammy. Uh, although it's not very proggy, it's weird. It's more like a metal jam on chords and not too much soloing in it. Uh, because the idea is they're featuring some of the greatest rhythm guitar players of all time as guests. So I really dig this session myself. And if you're a fan, you're going to dig it too. And so I just wanted to play something that, you know, I know Noel's not a fan of, but I really like. So, you know, it's a good and bad situation right here. So here you go. From the anti-pop record, the underrated and unappreciated anti-pop record, in my opinion, this is Primus, and I'll tell you the guest stars afterwards. This is Eclectic Electric.
All right, that was Primus from the Anti-Pop record. The song was called Eclectic Electric. And the two rhythm guitar players that I didn't mention prior to the song, I just wanted you to kind of judge the song on its own merits, were uh, arguably two of the great metal guitar players uh, of their time, James Hetfield and Jim Martin, uh, especially in the rhythm department. Those guys kill. And so I'm glad that this was kind of a conceptual piece with them in mind. So, yeah, another thing that makes that record especially fun, in my opinion. That's my opinion. Probably not Nola's. So that was a safe bet to play it for that particular entry. Okay, next one here. uh, The great Todd Cunningham, friend of the show, day one supporter. Uh, He asked me a handful of questions. And uh, as I'm recording this, he actually came in with another one. And I'm going to have to answer that question maybe on the next Ask Me Anything. So, Todd, remember to ask me the question about myself and Nola's first dance as husband and wife because that's a funny answer so ask me the next time we do this don't forget I'm counting on you because I will forget uh but you can't forget that song trust me wait wait till you hear that answer that's a hell of a tease but uh the one I'm going to go with he asked me a a few other questions but the one that I responded to the most uh, as far as initial uh, answering in my brain was if you could go see a concert with anyone in history alive or dead who would it be uh, of course, the temptation is to go with somebody you never got to see. or Like, in this case, I kind of had the chance, but I didn't really have the chance. I should have traveled to see him, and I had a chance to travel and see him, and I didn't. So that's always going to be the biggest regret. Of course, it'd be cool to see, you know, like the Beatles of the Cavern Club or, you know, see Elvis in one of his peak performances. Uh, I'd go see Elvis in any era. Uh, but uh, ultimately I'm going to go with this. This is always going to be my biggest concert regret because it was kind of within my reach. So this one's always going to hurt because it's never going to happen, unfortunately, in this lifetime. But I'm going to go with David Bowie, an obvious answer, but I never got to see David. And uh, yeah, he w- he didn't play Dallas actively. The only time he played Dallas actively uh, during my concert-going age of appropriation was when he did that co-headline show with Nine Inch Nails. And I didn't go see it because I wanted to see Bowie on his own. Stupid of me because, you know, Bowie played like a whole set. So, damn it, I should have gone, but hindsight and all. And I didn't know that he wasn't coming to Dallas. It was for personal reasons. He had to fight a lawsuit for years down here, and I guess he just didn't. Like, the city it just reminded him of bad things. Uh, but he went to, like, San Antonio and Houston and Austin and places like that, and to which I should have traveled. And definitely at least should have gone to the reality tour which forever stands as his last outing as a touring musician. And if you've never seen the reality tour DVD, go look that up. It's amazing. It's the one of the ultimate Bowie set lists. I think he kind of knew that was it for him, just judging by the set list. But yeah, I mean, he's, of course, always sounded tops live. Even in some of his questionable phases, he always sounded good live. Always had his voice and everything. Uh, so yeah, this is one of those songs that I would see on performances on TV and on DVD and just go, oh man, I wish I could be there to feel that energy because I'm sure it was electric. I'm sure it was just awesome and just chilling. Uh, so here you go. One of my favorite songs that he does live. And uh, I- I've been kind of in this era of him live because I've been getting those double live albums from this particular era of the 90s. So here you go. This is actually taken from the Bowie at the Beeb special that he did in 1999. Killer, killer lineup, killer set list. Go check it out. This is one of the highlights from the uh, one of the great live albums, uh, in my opinion. This is David Bowie with a killer rendition of Allo Space Boy.
The late great David Bowie with Ello, Space Boy. That song originally appears on I Outside, that cool experimental record that he did. And that particular audio is from Bowie at the Beeb. If you have the three-disc version, it's on the third disc. Man, yeah, I, I wish I had that on vinyl, like the box of that. All those performances are amazing. Okay, c'est la vie. The next question comes from a gentleman by the name of Ivan Galasic. hope I'm saying that right. Please write me if I'm not. And speaking of mispronouncing things, I'm going to butcher the name of your town, but I'm really going to try for purposes of comedy here. He is from Ontario and a particular town called Pinatagashine. Maybe I have that right. Pinatagashine. That's fun. I like that. Okay, so... Mr. Ivan, he asks, have you ever heard of July Talk, which is a band? And if so, what do you think of them? Well, I hadn't heard him yet, so I clicked on his YouTube link for this band called July Talk. And my initial reaction was, it almost might be a little too hip and cool for this show, jokingly. But I actually wasn't offended by it. I liked the song by the end of it. And it's one of those things that I really like the video attached to it. So it kind of helped make the song for me. So... I liked it enough and you reeled me in enough to where it's like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to play it on the show. So uh, if your job was to get them just a little bit extra airplay, then you did your job well, Mr. Ivan Galasic. So uh, yeah, here you go. This is for you and everybody out there. Let me know what you think. So this is a band called July Talk. They are from Canada and the song is called Guns and Ammunition. My guns and ammunition do very different things. I'm castling my king
right, that was July Talk, band from Canada. That comes from their debut self-titled album in 2012. That was Guns and Ammunition. Hope you enjoyed that. That was something different. I, I like playing different things and, you know, things that even out of my bubble sometimes, so why not? Uh, here's another artist that I don't play a lot on the show, although I actually do like this artist pretty decently, and it's one of those things that even after reading the biography of this particular thing, entity, I guess, that I'm about to reference, uh, there's a big tie into it. So if you're a longtime player of the Grand Theft Auto video game series like I am, uh, then interestingly enough, wh whether you know this or not, this artist appears on every single game uh, that they've put out where they use licensed music. And even at one point, the gentleman himself was actually a, a DJ on one of those fake radio stations, uh, a guy named Roy Ayers. Uh, the reason why Roy Ayers appears on every Grand Theft Auto game is because apparently he's a friend of the family of the creator of the series. So there you go, a little fun fact there for you. Uh, but yeah, the reason I'm going to play Roy Ayers is because I got a question from Mr. Adam Marr, really cool guy that writes in from time to time. And Adam asks, I know you like soul and funk and R&B a lot, but have you ever gotten into jazz or fusion at all, even if it's just one band? Well, I mean, uh, to answer that question, and before I play some Roy, who's a good example of that, uh, you know, I, mostly just outside of like stuff like Zappa and things like that, some of the Jeff Beck stuff, uh, you know, and like I said, a couple of Roy Ayers tracks here and there. Uh, I don't have a lot of jazz and fusion. I have some traditional jazz and maybe even some Miles Davis stuff like, uh, you know, like the fusion stuff like Bitches Brew and tribute to Jack Johnson record, The Boxer. Uh, that's probably my favorite jazz fusion record ever. Uh, so, you know, I dabble in it, I guess, but I'm not an authority. So not against it, but not a, you know, big fan of it, I guess. I don't really go to it very often, but every now and then it's it's fun and, and good stuff to play. That's a, I almost call that like record store music for me. <laughs> Something you could put on and just kind of gives you a mood. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so there you go. That question inspired me to play some Roy Ayers here on the show. So good job there, Adam. We're going to get into this right here. This is the great Roy Ayers and a great example of jazz and funk and R&B fusion right here. This is the Boogie Back. Thank you. 
All right, some Roy Ayers right there with the boogie back. Full confession, and I'm sure most people from my generation, if they ever heard that track, they probably did hear it via being sampled uh, throughout the history of hip-hop music. I specifically know I heard that on something off of the first Tone Loke album, Loked After Dark. I want to say it's probably from I Got It Going On, and I think it's also from High Rollers by Ice-T. That's just uh, going off of my memory of that little riff and that drum beat right there, but... Maybe I got that right. I need to wiki it sometime. But anyway, yeah, there you go. Some Roy Ayers. Hope you enjoyed that out there. And my next one right here, this one's a layup right here. This is from my good friend John, John Reinhardt out there. And I'm sure John probably thought he was taking the piss and he didn't expect me to answer this on the show, but I'm going to answer it on the show. So John asked me, who is the greatest football player ever to graduate from Polk High? And I almost said Red Squeeze Buzzer. But I remember what the right answer was, actually. Uh, So I'm going to answer it in song, and we'll be right back. Let's rock.
Every woman I meet, they all stay satisfied. I want to tell you, pretty baby, what I see, I'll make my own. And I'm here to tell you, honey, that I'm bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. Bad. 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 Bad to the bone. Now, that's a man's flush right there. All right, there you go. That was George Thorgood and the Destroyers with, of course, Bad to the Bone, the iconic classic rock song right there. And uh, that was one of my first favorite songs ever, so I never get sick of it. I, I still love it. That was from, like, what, 1982, 1983, something like that, album of the same name. And, of course, that represents uh, the greatest football player in the history of Polk High, number 33, Al Bundy, also known as Red Grange who scored four touchdowns in one game to win the city championship sometime in the, the 60s or something like that. I forget the year. So, yeah, I almost had everything but that. So, there you go. That one's for you, John, and that one's for anybody else that appreciates that gag. Okay, so speaking of gags, my good friend Baco from the Cobras and Fire podcast, <laughs> he asks uh, in form of an anecdote, uh, how come Texans think there is something unique about everything they do? Jammed with a guy once from Texas who kept his picks in one of those cheap rubber coin purses from the 70s and 80s. He pulled it out and dumped them out all on his amp and then proclaimed, that's what we call the Texas drop. True story. <laughs> I love that story. And uh, before I get to all that, before I unwrap that one, also uh, Mr. Johan, Mr. Johan Ederstrom from Sweden. Great guy out there. Friend of the show also asked that we have a lot of hard rock, metal, and punk rock bands from Sweden. Which bands have some popularity in Texas or the USA? So uh, I'm going to answer that with the same answer that I'm going to give Mr. Baco right here. Uh, we're proud of our bands from Texas, that's for sure. As uh, you know, any kind of local music culture is. But yeah, I, I, it's the you know, it's just that culture of Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas, you know, like big boy kind of stuff. I I don't get it per se. I think. Uh, you know, some amount of Texas stuff is overrated, but, you know, I am proud of certain things that, you know, we have given, you know, outward to Americana, a lot of good contributions culturally, whether it's something obvious like ZZ Top or Stone Cold Steve Austin or Pantera, you know, the Von Eric dynasty, uh, you know, we're proud of all that stuff and we like our little bands to kind of get through. You know, just larger trucks and all that kind of bullshit. So that's uh, that's the best way I can answer it. But I love your story. I, I will never forget that story for as long as I live. Uh, so to provide another version of the Texas Drop and to also answer Johan's awesome question, I'm going to play you this band right here, one of the great metal bands of the last few years, whose future is in question right now, and we'll see what happens with them due to the untimely passing of their leader, songwriter, uh, lead singer, Riley Gale. But uh, one of the great examples of bands that came from Texas that gives us that extra little oomph for a little bragging rights where we tuck on the belt buckle and like, yeah, boy, yeah, I'm going to kick some dick. 
So here you go. And this band definitely does that. This is Power Trip with Soul Sacrifice. Turn it up.
it's just so fun to say. Motherfucker, ready to kick some dick? Yeah, and I stole that from like one of the Pantera home videos. So yeah, it's just so fun to say. And it always garners a laugh from me and anybody within earshot. Uh, but yes, that was Power Trip with Soul Sacrifice from their album Nightmare Logic, one of the best metal records of the last decade. Represent Texas. Yeah, that is, that is I'm going to always refer to this as the Texas drop now. Thank you, Jason. Okay. So next question here, I'm going to answer two different questions from two different people. Once again, just uh, so I can feel very witty, uh, the great Todd Cunningham, of course, asked me uh, and another handful of questions. Uh, what do you think is one of the best uh, album openers and closers of all time? I'm going to answer that with my song that I'm about to play here, which also ties into this question uh, from my friend Brett Weiss, uh, author and YouTube extraordinaire, pop culture enthusiast, Brett Weiss, go look him up on YouTube. Brett with two T's, W-E-I-S-S, brettweisswords.com. He's written some really cool books. Go check those out. He's also a retro gamer on YouTube and things like that. So yeah, there's my little plug there for Brett. Thanks for writing in. You get free plugs when you write in and contribute to the show. So uh, Brett asks, what current bands would you recommend to us old guys who like Zeppelin, Who, Stones, etc.? I told him that was a pretty loaded question, and I did refer him to my like top 100 albums of the last decade. Uh, but also, I'd like to answer the question here on air, just to see if I can get him to listen also. Uh, because, like I said, I like the way it ties into Todd's other question. So this is one of those bands that I, I constantly say as, if I'm going to bag on something that's popular and new and, and what have you, then I try to also be part of the solution. So if you're going to bag on a band, you better have a good counteracting recommendation that is similar enough to that band you're bagging on to kind of get it over with the person you're recommending it to. You don't want to recommend Pantera directly to an ABBA fan. You know, they do make people like us, but it's not the norm. So let, let's say, for instance, a band I like picking on and a lot of us like picking on because I'm not a fan either. And I think they're super, super rip offy is Greta Van Fleet. Greta Van Fleet is a product of, you know, Clear Channel, iHeart, uh, you know, taking the payola and putting the fix in. So either old guys or young guys can be like, hey, this is the the great new band, you know, even though they're just ripping off Zeppelin and we kind of know that, but uh, whatever. So, yeah, if people ever bring up Greta Van Fleet, I'm like, dude, no, please, please, please listen to this band right here. So I'm going to go with this one right here. So this is for you, Brett, and this is for you, Todd. I'm sure Todd has definitely already heard this. This is one of my favorite songs of the last decade, and I never hesitate to play it if I get a chance. One of my favorite closers of all time. It just destroys. And someone like Brett, if you're hearing this band for the first time, this is the best way I can sell you on this band. So for those of you out there who think Greta Van Fleet is the answer, I give you the greatness that is Scorpion Child. Take my hand and understand that we are one. Yeah. 
All right, from their sophomore album, and we need more albums by this band because that's also their current album. The album is called Acid Roulette. The band is Scorpion Child. That is a five-star freaking album that is law. Go get it. It is greatness. All right, there you go. That's for you old guys, quote-unquote, out there. Uh, Dig into them. And, uh, yeah, there's a little Zeppelin there. There's some purple. But there's a lot of other things in there that you can't quite put your finger on. That's what makes them a really cool, new, original enough kind of band. All right. And uh, I'm going to also tie that answer in. Let's tie in a handful of these acts to a question I got from the great Scott Crouch. I did not forget about you, Scott. I was going to make this a a part of the last one. He asked your favorite bands that most people don't know but should. Scorpion Child is one of them. I will always say the Wild Hearts and all of their family tree, whether it's Ginger Solo stuff or CJ Wildheart stuff. Uh, people should know about that band, especially on this side of the pond. It's ridiculous. They should be considered one of the great modern bands. Uh, goodness, uh, you know, the Biter stuff from the last decade and then Tuck Smith's current stuff. Uh, a guy like Jeff Whalen and his band Czar and his solo stuff, that's excellent stuff. And it's pretty much been off of the radar except uh, from the cult basis. More people should know the Dolly Rots. More people should listen to the Beach Boys output from 66 through 72. Uh, Of course, the great Danko Jones. You know, I I could go on. So there you go. Some bonus answers there for you, Scott. Probably nothing that you didn't already know. I'll try a little bit better in the future. And uh, yeah, so yes, uh, Scorpion Child was part of your answer as well. All right. So our last question and last song of the day here comes from Laura Nade, who is, as far as I can tell, my only female listener. Uh, which is sad, but I'll, I'll take it any way I can get it. So thank you again, Laura, for writing in and for listening. I could tell you're definitely a loyal friend of the show. Uh, she asked me, when seeing live music is safe again, what is your number one band to see? There's a handful of answers to go with that question. I mean, I have active tickets for certain things, punk rock, bowling, and, all, and most of the bands attached to that. Uh, I was going to see Airborne and Tuck Smith on the same bill together, which would have been awesome. How could it not be? And uh, hopefully that show will still happen. They're on my list of bands to see. Hell, just to watch something local. Or maybe go see The Cush from Fort Worth. or And I, Randy's booking shows again. Uh, socially distance at Mass in Fort Worth. I need to go see those. I have ways to see a show now. Which is nice. Uh, but it's still a little weird. But, you know, this, you know, of course, we have tickets to see Kiss in Fort Worth for October. I'm crossing my fingers that it happens. Uh, the trend is going well as far as the virus. And uh, we're doubly vaccinated in this household. So things are looking up. Uh, and like I said, just sta- trying to stay positive and crossing my fingers. Of course, the main thing that we talked about, uh, the number one main idea for me, Myself and Nola, we were going to travel again to Vegas, not only to see Punk Rock Bowling and not only to see AEW's Double or Nothing, but we had tickets to see the great Diamond David Lee Roth in Vegas. So Dave tops my list here of the number one band to see. Dave and his new hotshot team of uh, youngsters that are playing the uh, Van Halen music, just like the record is advertised. So, and, you know, they were getting actually some good reviews on the Kiss Tour. So with two chances to potentially see Dave in the next year, I really, really, really hope that happens. Don't give up on us, Dave. The world needs you more than ever now. So that's my answer to the question. Laura, I'm taking my spirit animal, of course, Diamond David Lee Roth, who is a perennial favorite here on the show. 
And uh, we're going to close off with a live track from Dave. And this is a really cool performance from around 1994, the handful of shows he did for the Your Filthy Little Mouth tour, which was a shortly lived tour, but uh, he was in fine form here. So we're going to play an obvious one, but from the solo era of David Lee Roth. And how can you not go out with this one? This is Diamond Dave with Jump.
the great diamond david lee roth with jump a live version from 1994 that might either be I, i'm not even sure where that audio is from i know that the track itself appeared on the import single to his cover of willie nelson's nightlife from your filthy little mouth which i love your filthy little mouth i think it's awesome and there's a lot of cool live tracks on that import cd one and two and uh, it's either from dallas or los angeles from what i understand so not quite sure where the audio is from maybe i should reach out to my facebook friend john reagan who played on that record so uh, john's a great guy uh, maybe he's even on that performance i'm not sure i think he did play those live shows so i'm going to reach out to him and find out so Maybe at some point I'll figure this uh, interview thing out and get some guests on the show. That would be nice. And I didn't forget about you, Dion McDonald. I will be doing uh, your theme request very soon. So thank you for kind of getting that back uh, up to the top of the list there. I'm going to be working on that uh, in addition to all the other ideas that I have here. Uh, The one I was planning on doing this week, I'm still going to try to do for the next show. I am on the cusp of finishing up listening to all the albums I need to do to rank for the best of 1981 list. That is definitely happening. It's going to be a lot of parts, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for all of these things, plus the surprise theme for Mr. Dion McDonald. Thank you to everybody who wrote in questions. I think I got to everybody. I don't think I missed anybody, but if I did, I'm super sorry and know that I appreciate you and I will answer it the next time I do and ask me anything. Hopefully we'll do that sooner than later. So, uh, yeah, Mike Cranson, I, I'll get, damn, I, I forgot about your question. I am so sorry. I'll get to that next time too and we'll tie it in. I owe you two. Okay, uh, before I dig a hole any further, stay tuned for the next episode. We're going to go ahead and get out of here. Stay tuned for the plugs featuring my better half, Nola, and the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, our new kittens, Ruby and Ripley, get a treat. We're on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock, with Joey and the great Mark Streakel of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRusa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRusa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. <laughs>